What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. I am excited to reintroduce my guest. She was on recently, Janelle Pauls. Welcome, Janelle. Hi. Thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. I know. It is so soon. I feel like this is an encore. Like, I just got done with the concert, and y'all want me back again? Encore, 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 encore. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, we had a, an opening, and uh, who better to bring in than Janelle? Well, thanks. Absolutely, and you've been uh, you've been helping me in the backside of things. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of helping me sort through some thoughts and start to build the foundation of Crazy Face Who Know and where we're going and. Um, yeah it's been a blast yeah i'm really excited about it too it's really fun i feel like it feels kind of like our conversation since the last recording hasn't stopped which is great almost yeah it's like it's (laughs) almost perfect as as how i would describe it as well yeah for sure we uh yeah we got off the phone and probably chatted for another what 30 minutes or so after we after we got (laughs) off our podcast and yep and then uh shot back and forth i loved how we we did voice recordings back and forth which i really enjoy actually yeah they were great my wife had been like we'd been talking back and forth i'm like i just need to like externally process things sometimes and she was like well have you tried like voice memos or like i was like yeah but it's not the same when you're not like it just feels it's hard to just pull random crap out of your head into a voice recording you know when you're not like talking to a person yeah but we did it back and forth together and then it went from like five minutes to (laughs) nine minutes to 18 (laughs) minutes (laughs) i just like doubled every time i i like sent you on (laughs) it's great i love it yeah yeah it's great it is really great it's good to have I, i love the support you know i love having that so yeah, we were we were chatting before we got going. We uh, well about several different things, but the Enneagram, mm-hmm. our numbers. I'm reading. What's the book called? Uh, our Our way. The to, road back to the you. road. The road back to you. Yeah, I started huh? this weekend and I did like a four hour chunk. <laughs> I mm-hmm. listen. I listened to it on audio, and so. Yeah, once you get into it, you never stop. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what's next? And then mm-hmm. we were talking, and I think I found my number. And yeah. uh, now I'm eager to but see. You, I mean, no, I'm can eager you to really, see if it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you really say that, though, when you haven't read the entire book yet? That's right. That's right. I know. And we, we've gone back and forth about this, too, because there's a good chance that there's another number that I am. So I'm going to withhold yeah. My uh, revealing of the number. Yeah, keep them, keep them wanting. Mhm, mhm. Mm-hmm. We um don't have a direction for this podcast. We don't. Full disclosure to everyone <laughs> listening right now. So, sure. not that I normally have a, a direction, but I generally, you know, 
when you yeah. haven't talked to somebody in a while, you kind of have this like linear direction of like, oh yeah, tell me about your life, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And I don't have that right now. Okay. I didn't even take any notes. I literally have a blank page. Well, mm. I I have a page that has my intro because I redid the yeah. intro, you know, with the yeah. What's everyone has a story? What's your story? But well, to paint you a picture, um, I'm sitting in my apartment facing the river. Mm. You might hear in the background the sweet dulcet tones of the Notre Dame rowing team. Ooh. Oh, it's the women's time. The women's rowing team nice. going by my house. Nice. Um, That's fun. Yeah. It's They're really pretty cool. good too, aren't they? They're very good. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can practice like short stints on their lake, mm. but um, it's not good for much because it's very small. Yeah. Um, and so they practice on the river. They have a boathouse that is about a mile and a half down the river Good. from my house. Nice. And so all like all year long, except for the coldest months, um, they are practicing just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. You can always hear the megaphone coach. They're the right. coach on the megaphone coming first. And then you're like, oh, they're coming. Here Who's they it going to be? Yep. That's <laughs> so, cool. That's fun to kind they're of They're out practicing. So if you hear some rhythmic uh, rowing noises, that's what that's <laughs> about. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I actually, you know, in pure South Florida fashion, I poured myself a little Haitian rum. Hey. I was like, it's, it's you know evening when we're recording yeah i almost said it's friday it's so not friday, it's not right friday. it kind of it's it feels weird I, I was telling you janelle like we um my wife and i had two free nights at this hotel in uh, miami down in south florida or in like south beach uh miami this weekend and so it's like monday come you roll back in monday you're like coming back from quote vacation you know it's like that hard to get back into the rhythm of things. Yeah. I guess the rum is. Uh, it was just calling to you. Yeah, it's just like, why not have a have a drink on a Monday, Monday is evening? Is rum is rum your like go to drink of choice? No. Um, oh. I have. Well, this rum is like all I had. I actually have a bunch of whiskey. I started getting into whiskey. As okay. as re- recent in the last year or so, um, so I enjoyed that. I mean, I'm a big fan of beer. Craft beers are good, and I don't know, cocktails. Okay. I've really gotten into uh, mojitos and you yeah, know, some of those different cocktails. I don't know. I'm all yeah, over the yeah. board. I'm all over the place. Can Can I ask what whiskeys are on your shelf right now? Mm. Yes, I have. I have several. Um, the Four Roses, um, yes. I have that, I have... Staple. Yes, it's really good, I'm almost out, It's it's got like less than a pour, so. Mm. Um, I did, oh, this is fun, um, I'll get to all the ones I have, or some of the ones I have for sure. Um, I saw this thing where it was like at the end of, you know, at the end of your bottle, you pour basically like the last shot, or like the last ounce you pour into like a decanter and you collect all of the ones that you have over time. And like the flavor profiles kind of 
change into this one. You know, you have this one. So I've been doing that recently as with all my oh with all my whiskey. So, so I haven't tasted it. All of the last, all the last pours yeah. of each your bottles are like collected, mixed up in this decanter. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I thought it'd be kind of fun. Why not? You know. Get to the bottom. Um, Old Forester, it's a I have that's my favorite one to be completely honest. I'm almost out of that one as well, so I've been Which saving one? it. It's actually a store, um, like a store buy. So they bought their own barrel. Oh, perfect! And Those are yeah, it's delicious. But I'm I'm a big fan of Old Forester. I think that's yeah. probably okay. one of my favorite ones. I like the sweeter ones, um, like Angels Envy. The bourbon yes. is my favorite for sure. Like that's top top of my list. Yeah. Um, I have. Let's see what else do I have? Uh, what's the one that starts with an M? I never can say the name. Much Muchik Mu. Uh, Which one? Uh, man. That's okay. I believe you. I'm sure it's great. Yeah. Let's. I've got my computer here. I'm gonna try type in. See if I can see if I can figure it out. I've got so many like whiskey glasses too that I really enjoy. Uh-huh. I like see them and I'm like, oh, I want to get those. Like, but I I have this like little shelf, this little uh, dealio that I like to use. Yeah. And uh, I've got enough, so I've stopped buying them, unfortunately, because I really like to buy them. They're just fun to buy. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Shoot. I have Elijah Craig. There. Yeah. I have some of that. I have I have this other one that's a kind of a specialty one too and I don't know the name. It's like a high proof, super sweet, um really hot, which isn't necessarily my jam, but it's great over ice in my opinion flavors really come out uh-huh. it's really helpful because i didn't it, tell you the name but is it high west i do have high west i um oh. no but i have the uh prairie what's the, the one with like the jackalope on it yeah 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 so i have that one that's um, a good collection yeah so kind of just mix in between the, the bunch of them but i've decided i've there's a bunch that I want to try or like buy, you know, and uh, I decided that it was important for me to empty a bottle or two before I start buying more because, you know, they're just not very cheap. Right. Um, can I make some recommendations? Yes, please. I got my notebook right here and my pen is ready. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Woodford Reserve, they're double oaked, especially since you said you like sweet. That one is just like pure vanilla at the finish. Mm. It's so lovely and it's so smooth. Okay. Um, uh, Eagle Rare is another great one. I've had that Eagle one. Rare, but I haven't had. I don't own it. Okay. It's one that's, if you're buying a bottle, it's slightly harder to find, mm. but you should be able to find it if you call around. Um, and then one that I tried, uh, this week 
which and it's a pretty it's a good value meaning it's like lower on the price range but high on the quality um it's a hundred proof which is a little bit higher but it does not it does not give that like punch in the face Mm. that hundred proofs typically do it's called early times early times yeah tyler grant and i got that for our camping trip coming up this weekend oh nice where are you guys going we're going to uh there's two state parks in illinois that are like right on top of each other Mm -hmm. um starved rock state park oh yeah i grew up with that one so oh yeah and matheson nice yeah we went there two years ago and um for the same like fall camping trip we do we do this camping trip every year Mm -hmm. and we went there two years ago and we were just like we did not have enough time to explore yeah we wanted to so we're going back there you go i feel like camping especially if you're like doing any hiking like that it's it's definitely one of those experiences that because it takes time to like get in set up and then by the time you do all that, then you're like, oh, I've got a day to hike around. You know, if you're just doing like a weekend little right. deal. So like sometimes places just take a little extra time. You need, yeah. need a second trip. Absolutely. Yeah, we we spent a whole day in Matheson. And then some of us, it, so on the day that we left uh, two years ago, it was raining. And so half of our group were like, no, nah, I'm not hiking in the rain. And then half of our group... <laughs> was like yeah i'm totally hiking in the rain and so i got to see starved rock a little bit but like the grants and a couple others in our group didn't so um so yeah we're going back and we'll probably do we'll probably do starved rock on saturday and uh matheson on friday maybe we'll see okay okay i like it that'll be fun yeah for sure starved rock's cool yeah, it's a cool really little cool. state park. Yeah, I grew up in that, you know, going there. I went there several times when I was younger. That's my rad. mom, my dad, and grew up in Illinois. Did you know that? I think I did not. I think I was under the assumption that you grew up in Granger. So yeah, see, I, well, I was born in Indiana. I lived okay. in Indiana until I was two years old. And then my family, we moved to Illinois, we moved to Buda, Illinois, which is over uh, Quad Cities, Peoria area. Gotcha. Uh, and then I lived there till like halfway through my first grade year. So whatever age that is. That's uh, seven. Seven. There you go. And then we moved to Charleston, Illinois, which is where Eastern Illinois University is. It's mm-hmm. where... Uh, um. Oh, jeez. Well, never mind. Football, football player. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Sure. Shocker. Oh, Names. I, there will be absolutely no help from me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In that area. <laughs> anyway, Charleston. It's like Mattoon, Effingham. It's like southern, south, east. I believe yeah. southwest, southeast, south, southern Illinois. I lived yeah. there till. Uh, the end of my sixth grade year, so it was about twelve, and then I moved to back to Indiana and Sullivan, Indiana. Went to seventh, eighth, 
9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, and then moved up to, uh, well, I went to college, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. South Bend, that area, and been moving around ever since. Yeah. Yeah. I I relate to that childhood of, like, moving Yeah. many times, for sure. <laughs> where all did you move? Where, where were you born? So I was born in California. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, in an armpit of a city called Fresno. <laughs> and anyone who's familiar with California yeah. can tell you that, you know, any city in the Central Valley of <laughs> California, there's just not a lot going on there. There's sure. some... Yeah, it's like... So the city itself is probably as big as South Bend. Mm -hmm. There's just not really, there is a downtown area, but you wouldn't know that it would, that it's downtown. Like you're, if you, if you were dropped in the middle of downtown Fresno, (laughs) you would not know that you were in a downtown area. So then, is it like, I mean, on a smaller scale, it'd be like being dropped into South Bend or Wishwaka. Uh, not even that, like even downtown. So downtown South Bend definitely feels like a downtown, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, sure. Mishawaka, sort of. Yeah, it's just so small. It's just so small. Yeah. So it would be like, so you know the strip on Main Street and Grape Road where it's like strip malls and grocery stores? Yeah. It would be like being dropped there. Okay. So that's like... It's kind of like yeah. where I live now, to be honest. Sure. <laughs> I don't know, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, South Florida. So, yeah, and then, like, the country around Fresno is, like, um, olive fields, garlic fields, Ooh. and almond uh, groves. Okay. Olives. Yeah. yeah, olives, olive trees, garlic fields, oh. and almond groves. And then around that, there's the, like, Sierra Nevadas. And so there's, like, so when you're in Fresno, you're about an hour, hour and a half from either Kings Canyon National Park, Sequoia National Park, or Yosemite National Park. So there is, like, there are benefits. You're close by, like, mountains and stuff, and that's great. Um, But Fresno itself is just, like... Everyone's hot. Everyone's dried out. <laughs> There's nothing much to offer except tri-tip. Have you ever had tri-tip? Yes. Oh, so you know. Yes, it's good. It's so good. It's delicious. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's tri-tip there. End of list. <laughs> End of list. Cut. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was born. We lived there until I was seven. Um... Then we moved to Middlebury, which is... Have you ever been to Middlebury? I don't think I have. Maybe. Okay. It's about 45 minutes east of here, of South Bend. Yeah. I mean, I've been... I think I've been through it, but I don't... Like, I feel like I played soccer at, like, a tournament when I was younger in Middlebury. That's, like, what reminds me of Middlebury for whatever reason. There's, like, soccer. I don't know if that's just me making things up. Could be, but... That's Who knows? something that sticks out to me. Yeah. 
so so yeah my family grew up in the central valley of california where in the winter time it's like 60 degrees um and then on january 5th 1996 we moved to middlebury again january 5th to northern indiana Mm. from the central valley of california well done well done (laughs) congratulations uh, you've won a prize (laughs) we moved into this uh drafty three-story um house that was converted from amish to conventional uh house so like so beautiful but like plumbing Un- just kind of unconventional thrown into. Yeah. yes yeah <laughs> beautiful like handmade hand-built house um that you know was typically run on wood stoves or heated by wood stoves and yeah uh no like running water no like electricity no perfect. plumbing like you know perfect the like so so yeah we we jumped into that um, and it, uh, to be clear, we did have a toilet <laughs> and a bathtub. <laughs> it was fine. Yes. Um, so yeah, we were good. Nice. Uh, and then, so I grew up the rest of the way in Middlebury, went to, uh, went to Northridge high school, graduated early cause I was ready to get the hell out of there. And <laughs> that's the nice uh, thing about some of the bigger high schools too. Northridge. Yeah. See, I know where Northridge, Northridge is though. You do? Yeah. Pass through yeah. there, like going to Indy a lot, you know. Okay, so Northridge, my graduating class was about two hundred and fifty. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something different. Um, maybe you're thinking of Northwood. Northwood oh, is pretty big. Why do I know Northridge Northwood, though? I don't know. Northwood is in Napanee, though. It's mm, bigger. No. It's bigger than Northridge, but not by a ton. Hmm. Penn is the big one in Mishawaka. Yeah, Penn's huge. Penn's got to be one of the biggest high schools in the state for sure. I I would say that's probably true. If not the biggest. I don't know. I don't know stats on that kind of shit. I don't either. Um, so then, you know, went to college after college. Um, so when I when I graduated high school, between graduating high school and starting college, my family moved to Portland, Oregon. And then, so I stayed around here, went to college. And then after I finished college, um, after I graduated college more accurately, um, I moved out to Portland to join them there. Um, and then I lived there for about three years, moved to Indianapolis. We've, we covered this on the last podcast, I think. Yeah. Lived here, lived in Indy for three years, and then I now I've been here for three and a half years. Coming up on four years. Look at you. I know. That's so cool. That's, that's yeah, moved, moved now, bumped around. Being... Did you find it, so like how, there's like a comfort in meeting new people. But also, it feels exhausting. Do you relate okay. to that at all? There's a comfort in meeting new people. Well, like the, it's exhausting. Like I, I feel like because I moved around a bunch. Like you're like okay, yeah. Like meeting new people, the extrovertedness that comes out. That's myself. But it also feels like 
overwhelming and exhausting sometimes like moving to south florida for instance i'm like like this isn't my first rodeo like i know how this goes but i'm like trying to build a community yeah like okay well talk to me in two years because it's gonna take a while and i might have a couple people that i really like you know yeah so yeah i mean i would not say that meeting new people on my own is a strength of mine i definitely would not do that i would i'm i absolutely lean more towards the introverted type um and i find it terrifying to like go up to someone that i've never met before Mm -hmm. and be like hi i'm janelle tell me about your life like who are you yeah see i I do too it's like i need people to come to me yeah, I'm okay if someone comes to me, but I also, I tend to be skeptical if someone does that too. So I'm mm. like, I don't know. But um, if there's like a... If it's your the, one I find coming it a out. Lot, I find it a lot, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I find it a lot easier if there's like a point of connection um, mm-hmm. where like, if I know someone that knows you or if I've seen you before somewhere else. Okay. And and if I have, like, an in somehow, and I have a safety net of, like, okay, I can talk to them about this, then I feel a lot more comfortable. And I do – I enjoy meeting people, and I enjoy getting to know people that I've never met before after that part is done. Like, if I can get past the initial introduction, you know, how are we connected, what do we have in common, if I can get past that, I'm great. Or if I have, like – a, a trusted friend with me that can like be a buffer. Yeah. If I, if I have that, then I'm great. But doing it on my own is terrifying for some reason. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I can resonate with that for sure. But at the yeah. same time, like I like, so if I was to have like a cookout and there would be strangers that like came for instance, like that's my element, right? Where like, yeah. you yeah, came yeah, into you my like, world. Yeah. Versus, you have like a home base. Yeah. So like Dana and I went to a couple like networking events in this area, like in our area, um, uh-huh. like the first month that we moved here and like walking in there, it was like, I looked at, looked at Dana and I was like, I hate everything about this right now. Yeah. Like, I just want to sit there. Like, I want people to come to me. Like, I, I'm not, I don't like inserting myself. Uh-huh. I want people Absolutely. to like come to me. Of like. I- absolutely feel that yeah so like i i I do i do well at like um events if you had a booth right where people come to you to the booth yes i love that because it's like you obviously have came by or you've walked by or it's like establishing or there's like an established thing that's going on and like have a conversation we might not talk about anything that has to do with the booth you know like when i work for invisible children you know, we had a booth, we'd set up, you know, our thing after our presentation and we'd sell our merchandise and whatever. And I love that. Like, that's my, that's my sweet spot. You know, like sure. just having that conversation one-on-ones are great. Hence the podcast. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I'm the same way. Like walking into a group of strangers or like, uh, yeah, I just don't like, I don't yeah. know. Where, I don't know where to begin. I'm like, not, a, and I don't think that anybody I don't think most people would describe me as like a wallflower, but like, that's where I find myself. 
in those types uh-huh. of things where I like don't know anybody. I'm like, Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Like, right. Whew. I would take that one step further and say, even if I like the difference would be if I am like in a professional mode mm-hmm. and I'm representing a company or an agency or something like if I'm the face of something, if I'm doing it for work, yeah, I have so much more confidence in it because it's True. like, it's not about me. It's exactly. about yeah. whatever I'm representing. So I don't have to worry about myself. I just have to worry about doing a good job I and like I it. can yep. like, I can, you know, ruffle, I I can like fluff up my feathers and present myself so confidently, but then if it's just about, yeah, yeah, behind a mask, if it's just about myself, I am scared (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Isn't that weird? Aren't we interesting people? Like just people in general, you know, we were talking about the Enneagram stuff and I love like like sociology and just like society in general, like why we do the things that we do. And I love Uh like theorizing and like talking about it and thinking about it. And like, Hmm, that's really interesting. Like I've noticed and it, it it comes, I mean, I do this even with the podcast when I send out invites, there's like every once in a while, there's this outlier of, of someone I'm like, man, that's a really interesting response to my invite. You know, like Uh when you have 95% of everyone else that says a similar thing, uh-huh. And then you have that one person that says something like different and you're like, it's not about the 95. It's about the five. And I'm like, right. dang it. Like you got in my head, man. Like, right. what'd you do that for? You know, like, right. Which is, I mean, it's good for you that you were open enough for someone to get in your head. Yeah. True. Yeah. I just, I'm always like trying to figure out like, Hmm, I wonder what that's about. Like, is it, is it more reluctance on because of my like this thing or is it themselves you know like what is it like oh interesting like interesting response i just like those types of things are always like draw my attention i'm like hmm why did the outlier decide to do that or why did you know whatever um yeah i don't know people are just really fascinating and interesting or like we were in miami we were walking down, I think it's called Oceanside. It's like where all the clubs and stuff are, which okay. it, we quickly realized that like all those people, we wanted to be on the other side of the street and like looking and watching those people. Like yeah. being in it was like, like this is too much. Too overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, cool. We've been here now. You don't have to do that again. And, uh, but the people that stop in the middle of the sidewalk and like discuss what they're doing in a crowded, busy like place. You're just like, what? Like how, what, what? at what point in time? Like there's a, you could just pull off to the side right over there. Like, why didn't you just do that? Like that would have yeah. been fine. Like now you're holding up traffic both ways and people are uh-huh. trying to get around you and like, don't know how uh-huh. just, it's like fascinating. Or the, here's one that I've noticed that if you, if you recognize if you're the one that's like paying attention when you're walking down, like in a group of people, it's like your responsibility to get out of the way of the other people. But if you don't, it's like okay. playing chicken with somebody almost. Yeah. No, like absolutely. If you don't pay attention, if you just like put your head down and look and just start walking forward, somebody's going to look up first. Otherwise you just run right. into each other. Right. 
and generally that's when, that's when life turns into a romantic comedy though shane mm. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it does <laughs> oh. that's the meat cute yes oh my god it's so sorry oh mm. hello <laughs> Ta-da. yeah yeah it's all, it's just fascinating. I just have this theory of like if you just pretend yeah. like you can't see the other person, they're gonna look up. Right. They'll move out of your way. Otherwise, it's right. your responsibility. My favorite thing is to just stop when people aren't paying attention. I just stop and I like stare at them. <laughs> and then they like yeah. stop when they get like two inches from you and they like look up. Yeah. And you're like, really? You know, you just like smile yeah. and like look at them like, hmm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry to bring this back to the Enneagram, but you just said, like, four things that are typical like, four different numbers. <laughs> I know. See? So I'm like, who are you? I don't know. I don't know. You'll figure it out. I don't It'll know. You know, I don't know. But I can tell you, as soon as we get done with this podcast, we're going <laughs> we right back, back to that book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've got some listening to do. i got some... Yes. Yes. I've been multitasking in my brain a bit and thinking uh-huh. like oh i don't know what am i gonna fix for dinner tonight this is when i do a lot of my like listening to my audiobooks yeah like i just finished malcolm gladwell's uh how to talk with strangers okay which the i finished that thing in like two days it's, it's fascinating i would highly oh. encourage anybody listening to give it a listen or give it a read um, it's really interesting. It's also less to do with the title than you would think it would be. Um, yeah. it's more the, like, I don't know. I thought it would be more on, on, I don't know, in line with the title, I guess. Of, like talking with strangers, but it's just like our, uh, I guess it's kind of on point with some of his other books, you know, how he, yeah. how he writes, but. It's like uh, how we are as humans and like how we operate and how we we go about life and how we kind of like contradict who we truly are in some ways. Like, yeah, um, you know, like he one of the things in the book he talks about is how we actually operate like the average or the norm is to operate and to like take people and, and to think the best in things and to think the best in people uh-huh. and how it's really hard for us to discern people that are like, um, that are like trying to deceive us or manipulate us or like lie to us, how it's like a 50, 50 shot, like <laughs> maybe slightly above 50%, like 56% time you can get it accurately to like pick the person that's trying to like deceive you or lie to you but like our natural response is to actually believe people and right. so like that's like how he kind of opens the book up and in, in some ways it's like through that lens but it's like that type of thing how he gives this like example of we think we're all we all think we're really good at like picking the person out of the lineup that's not telling the truth or you know but the statistics say that we're like it's a fifty fifty guess. <laughs> like good uh-huh. luck. And Right. I don't know. He goes through a whole bunch of different like socio like 
like different topics, I guess, from like yeah. race to politics to, um, you know, just like male, female, not even male, female, but just like the sexual response. So like, I don't know. He goes through a whole bunch of different things and gives a bunch of different, um, background and evidence and at the end of the book it's I don't know it's just really interesting it was like fascinating because he's like telling these yeah. stories and he's really good at like telling the story but has less to do with what you would think like how to talk with strangers of like a quote self-help with like how to talk with strangers but more like this socio like social view of humanity and yeah. uh, how we respond and how we interact with one another yeah, it's such an interesting thing to think about. Like, I think, and maybe maybe this is just a me experience, and not not everyone else experiences this. But um, I was thinking the other day, and uh, talking to the grants about it, about how like it's there as I've as we've all like grown into adulthood, we've all kind of taken on this task of like trying to figure each other out Mm -hmm. and trying to, and that's, that's what's great about relationships is that each party is trying to figure the other one out and how to best support the other person. And, um, but at the same time, it's kind of exhausting. Like it really is like, it's, it's so great when you can, when you like have an aha moment and you're like, Oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. When I do this, you respond with that. Yeah. Um, and like when you can, when you have aha moments, it's so satisfying and fascinating and wonderful to have that experience. And yet I was talking to the grants and I said to them, I was like, remember when we were like, remember back in the days when like our family was just our family and like our <laughs> friends were just our friends. And like, we didn't really think about like why they were the way that they are. It was just kind of like, Oh, well that's just, yeah. that's just how she is or how he is or whatever. Like there's no, it's just so fascinating as to like how much time we spend as adults trying to figure out another person mm. in order to, in order to have a better relationship with them. And again, maybe that's just like a me thing, but I feel I don't like so. a lot of <laughs> a lot of the people around me are doing, trying to do yeah, the same thing. I don't think it's just you. <laughs> maybe it's you and I, I don't know. Cause maybe. <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate to me. Um, yeah, it just, when you kind of step back from it, it's like, God, how much time have I spent? Yeah. Just like trying to, trying to put myself in another person's brain, not just shoes, but like brain, like try to figure out why their like natural responses are the way that they are. Yes. Is that good, bad or indifferent? It would never be that way, you know? Yeah. Do you think it's good, bad or indifferent? Good, bad or indifferent? Yeah. Like, do you think that's a good thing, a bad thing, or is it just like, there's, it's no difference. It's just, I think overall it's a good thing. I think I think it can be it can at times be indifferent. Like it can at times be like no matter how hard you try to figure this out, you're never going to truly understand it. And so what's mm. the point? Um and I think sometimes it can be bad in the sense of like 
you're spending so much time trying to figure out their motives that you miss the big picture kind of thing. Um, so, but overall, I think it is a very good thing to, um, invest yourself, invest your time and energy in learning about the people that you're in relationship with and, you know, continuing to see the best in them and continuing to learn what what their motives are and what their responses are with how they see the world yeah do you think it's like a people do you think it's like a mark of maturity absolutely i do yeah same yeah like you were just saying it's like really claiming that for myself i'm not saying i'm so mature shane okay well i think it's just just a sign that you're like are maturing and it maybe like maybe you're not You know, I, whatever, I think you are, but like, regardless of whether, I just think like you, you made the point of like, think about like our college days. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like there, it's less about you just like going with the flow. Cause there's no, like you're operating within the boundaries of a, someone else's set like framework, yeah. you know? And then yeah. as you get older, you start operating out of your own framework. Yeah. And then you start trying to figure out how other people and yourself fit into that framework in which you like uh-huh. operate within and like how it's supposed to work and how it's supposed to go. Yeah. It's almost the, you know, when you when you ask a lot of those like we've all heard or read or something about like you asking elderly people, like what's the most important thing? Like, don't think so much about the future, like live in the present a little bit more. And you know, like it's kind of that, but it's that middle ground of you're like, Oh, we're trying to figure this thing out and trying to verse like just living, you know? Yeah. I, so I had the privilege of spending an evening with my neighbor um, he was 92 right before, like a few days before he passed away. Mm. Um, and one of the things, one of the comments he made and keep, I just want to lay a disclaimer too. Like he was in a very like happy and well, well, um, thinking place yeah. on at the time. He was time not, like, on- Is this the story that we were? You yeah, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, okay, sure. So, well, first I'll tell you this part. So, okay. um, so I was sitting with him, and we were just talking for hours, and one of the things that he mentioned was that he was, like, watching his diet, or, like, he only allowed himself one bagel a week because, you know, he was always trying to get rid of that spare tire around his waist kind of thing. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, like at, at 92 years old, he's still conscious and worried about his weight. Like what there has to be more to life. And that's not, he had a lot more going on in his life, but I'm like everyone, I wanted to tell everyone around me, like stop worrying so much about, your goddamn weight like yeah you no one deserves at 92 to still be worrying about it like it just never ends like yeah it never ends i know those like insecurities and those 
mm-hmm. things that you want to fix about yourself. Like it never ends. Uh, so stop yeah. worrying about it so much. How do you stop worrying about it though? We can come I don't back. Know. We can come back to that. But we we that's can the come thing. Back that's the that. question. That's, that's the million dollar. The that's the million dollar question. Yes. It's easy not... to say stop worrying about it, and you can yes. name the thing to stop worrying about. Yes. The flip yes. side of that is how. Right. I don't claim to know the answer yeah. at all. We'll come back to that. Okay. Okay. So here's what happened. Um, so his name, um, I don't, I don't know if he would prefer that I keep his name out of it. So he went by his middle name. So I'm going to call him by his first name just okay. in case. Um, so his first name was Clifton. We'll call him Cliff. Cliff. All right. Cliff. So when I moved into this apartment, Cliff had been living here already for like, I think nine years. Mm -hmm. And, um, so soon after I moved in, he introduced himself to me. He was warm and always so kind and and, um, inviting. And, um, he was as independent as he could be. He, uh, he got around with a cane, but he still did all of his grocery shopping by himself. He went to the gym. Uh, he got, he took himself to his haircuts. I mean, he was truly independent. The only thing that he required help with was getting his, um, getting his tomato plants set up on his porch. So like pouring <laughs> your soil and carrying, you know, yeah. Uh, that was that was the only thing that he regularly asked for help with because you know his back and all the things. Um, so he was ninety when I met him, and you know I've been living here now for a year and a half. So I got to know him pretty well. My friends and I sure. um, went caroling at his door um, over Christmas time, and so. He also had this system because, you know, he's 90 to 92 during this time. He and he he knows that people are like have him on his on their radar. So he has this system where every single morning, the first thing he does is he opens the drapes in his apartment. And the absolute last thing he does before he goes to bed is he closes them. So as long as that system is not off, no one has to like come worry. knock on his door and yeah. check on him or worry. Right. So, That's and there's brilliant. other, yeah. So there's other like residents in the building who have known him for a lot longer than I have. And so they know this system too. So we all just kind of would keep an eye, check his window, peek inside his window, make sure he was like sitting in his chair or whatever. Sure. And his apartment is on the other side of the wall from mine. So like, because he's 90 he's 92 he was hard of hearing so his tv would volume would be way up so i could hear what he was <laughs> watching from my apartment which was fine no complaints um so one day uh this was the like middle of august um i came home from having dinner at some friend's house and it was like 11:30 and it was a wednesday night I came home, um, I got myself ready for bed and I could hear this like muffled pounding and it was like a steady rhythm and kind of a slower, like 
as if you were pounding your fist on a table kind of thing. And I kind of brushed it off thinking the couple that lived above me were, you know, having a good time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, mazel's off. Good on them. Goodbye. And so I (laughs) I just went to bed, didn't worry about it. Um, at two in the morning, you know how, when you like wake up from a nightmare, you're out of breath and like you're, you can hear your heartbeat in your ears kind of thing. Yeah. I woke up like that, but I hadn't had a nightmare at all. So I Mm. woke up at like two in the morning. So now this is like 2 AM Thursday and I could hear that pounding again. And I was like, something is not right. And so I immediately thought, oh, my God, it's Cliff, and he's fallen, and he can't get up, and something's wrong. And so I call the non-emergent police number, and they come out, and I explain to them, like, I think this is what's happening. Can you please check his apartment? And I just point in the direction of his apartment. And they said, yes, of course, Um, we'll go check and we'll let you know if anything comes of it. But if you don't hear back from us, like assume no news is good news. You can go back inside. So I go, okay. So I go back inside. I see the, um, I can like from my window, I can see the police, the, the car, police car lights happening Mm -hmm. and I can hear them. I can hear them knocking on doors. Um, but after about 20 minutes, they leave and I didn't hear from them again. So nothing really happened while I'm waiting. I can still hear the pounding, but it's not growing. Like it's not growing in urgency. It's not getting louder. It's not getting quicker. And I'm thinking if, if someone is trapped and can't get up or get to help themselves and they hear someone knocking on their door, or even if they see like, police car lights going in their house then they'll like start pounding more frequently or harder or whatever to get their attention yeah like so i guess it's something else like maybe it's an animal stuck in the walls i don't know so i kind of dismissed it they left and i was like okay well i did my due diligence as a neighbor i guess whatever Mm -hmm. i went to bed went back to bed in the morning, I when I woke up, I heard it again, and I was like, well, maybe it's the laundry. Like, maybe there's a shoe that someone put in the dryer, and it's just continuing to cycle. I'm going to go check the laundry. Go check the laundry. There's nothing in the washer or the dryer in the building. So I'm like, I don't freaking know what this is, but I am just going to go run my errands like I was planning on doing. Yeah. So now this is Thursday afternoon. At about 5 p.m. Thursday, um, I was having some coffee with my mom, and I'm sitting and I'm telling her about this noise that was happening and like what happened, what I did, and all these things. Yeah. And it dawned on me all of a sudden when I left the house Thursday morning, I walked past Cliff's window, and his drapes were fucking shut. And it was like 11 a.m. <sighs> and so I'm sitting in my mom's in my mom's house having coffee with her. And I said, oh, my gosh, I have to go home. And she was like, what? What's wrong? And I said, Cliff's drapes were shut. I have to go check on him. And so I run home. Thankfully, 
Um, I'm only, my parents only live like a mile, so I wasn't far. Um, so I, I like race home. I immediately park the car, knock on his door, like pound on his door. And immediately I hear like really quick, loud pounding back. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I open, I try the doorknob and it's unlocked. So I open the door crack and I yell for cliff and he yells back for me and he says, Janelle, oh my gosh, you darling angel. Thank you for finding me. And I was like, are you okay? He said, no, I'm stuck in the bathtub. And I said, oh my gosh. So I go around the corner and I said, is it okay if I come in? He said, yes. And so I go into the bathroom and he has been trapped in the bathtub for 36 hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So... I call paramedics. I gather some things for him. We get him over to the hospital. He was extremely reluctant to go. But once uh, the, so the paramedics, when they were there, they said to him, like, if you can stand up, like they got him to sitting to in a chair. And they said, if you can stand up on your own and walk five steps on your own, we'll leave you at home. But if you can't do that, without any help you need to go to the hospital and so he tried and tried and tried and he was just exhausted yeah so he sat back down because he was so dehydrated he hadn't had any food yeah he missed missed like 20 heart meds and so he sits back down and looks at me and he said do you think i should go and i said yes i think you should go and (laughs) i'll go like I will go with you. And he said, you will. And I said, of course I will. He said, okay, let's go. And so we go to the hospital. And so I sat with him in the emergency room, uh, for about six hours while they were running tests and making sure he was okay. Yeah. And, um, I communicated with his daughters to like keep them updated and, uh, helped her plan, like plan her flight out to see him and like stay with him a little while. Yeah. And so that was Thursday night. Um, at about 1130, he was finally settled in like his room in his hospital room where they were going to keep him overnight. Um, in the like vascular wing, not the ER. Yeah. And got made sure that he had everything he needed. And then I left and then his daughter came the next day, so Friday, she was with him. Um, she was with him Friday. She was with him all day Saturday. She um, left his room to go back to where to her uncle's house where she was staying. On Saturday night, she left at like ten thirty, and at eleven thirty, uh, then one of the nurses called her and said that you know he had asked to go to the bathroom before. He went to bed, and so a nurse came in and helped him to the bathroom and then helped him back to bed, and when she, when he got back in bed, he laid down and just stopped. Like, his heart just stopped, yeah. and he was just gone. Wow. There was no, there was no, like, heart attack, no episode. It just, everything just stopped, and he was gone. Wow. And so... I spent the next couple of days with uh, his daughter, uh, his daughter's getting some things settled and helping, 
you know, helping her find his will and yeah, things up. Uh, they moved his tomato plants onto my porch. <laughs> I've made about six batches of tomato sauce with his oh, tomato plant. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I have it. I have. He had on his chair. The next to his chair was a lamp, and hanging on the lamp, he had like a little sun catcher of a rooster. And I have that hanging on my door now. Oh, I love it. And I love roosters. I love chickens. I love, uh, oh, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. So I've, uh, I've kept in, in touch with his daughters a little bit here and there. Um, and it's, it's a very bittersweet story. And yeah. I, I know that. You know, just in, in conversations with him, he was extremely ready to move on from this world. And mm-hmm. not that he had not that he had a bad life or that he didn't um, he didn't want to live. He was just 92 and yeah. he was ready to be done. Mm. So. Um, so, yeah. Cheers, Cliff. Here's to you, Cliff. Cheers. Yeah. He was a very, very sweet, dear, dear man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's sad, right? But it's also a beautiful story. I think there's beauty in people that have lived life fully, you know? Yeah. I I would say that's true. Yeah. So many thoughts, so many things, so many... So many things going through my head. One, like I, like death. I really, really struggle with death. Yeah. Not that like, not that anybody it doesn't, you know. But like, I don't know. It's it's so hard. Yeah, there's just something that's like. Yeah. I just really like it catches me and holds on and. You know, I, it was. I had the privilege and the honor of holding my grandma um, on my dad's side, her hand, as she passed. Uh-huh. And it's not an experience that's you know really the first time the first time I've ever really experienced anything like that. But you know, I there's not an experience I've had that's like more vivid than that in, in so many ways sure and uh you know i wouldn't have wanted to have been anywhere else than right there and at the same exact time i like it it it's like full like that experience is so full every time i think about it you know like it's just it's like it, yeah it sticks with you yeah um but like I don't know, like there's there, there's no there's nothing there's nothing about that experience or even the one you the story you just told that like there's nothing different that you could have done, you know? There's no and in so many ways like there's nothing I would want to do different. You know, I had the opportunity when my grandma was passing of this is before Dan and I got married and I had already planned and it was part of my plan to to ask him to marry me, um, you know, that next fall and, or, you know, in the next, 
you know, whenever, but I, I eventually asked her that next fall and she'd passed away in, in the spring of that year. And I had the opportunity to, to ask my grandma, you know, like, Hey, you know, she, they pulled her out of her sedative and whatever. And, and we're like, yeah, she'll be lucid for a while. And Hey, I want to, you know, she had a trach in and she couldn't speak. I was like, Hey, I wanted to, to ask you like, Hey, I wanted to, and, you know, ask Janet to marry me. Would you be okay with that? You know, she shook her head up and down and, uh, you know, kind of gave my hand a little squeeze and, you know, it's moments like that, that like you, you can't ever like, there's no replacing that moment, you know, it's one of the most special moments ever. And even those like moments that you got to spend with Cliff, you know, and, you know, I'm yeah. sure there's a number of times that you could, you could stories you could tell about Cliff and, and beyond just that, like traumatic experience of being like, man, what's going on? Like something's wrong. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we had well, this, I I hate that I can't remember names, but the, uh, the older gentleman and the man and the woman that lived uh, over uh, near Dottie the, yes. And um oh man yeah i know who you're talking about but like those two i wasn't even as close to them as some of the other people that we're you know that we're really good friends with is like calvin and gia and um you know some of those people but man like the memories you got to spend with those people and and to know how full they live their life and those memories like don't go away no you know like they still exist and i think about that a lot with my own life sometimes of just legacy you know even when i was in college we did in like my youth ministry major we had this one um course that we took and and in it we we had our professor gave us a page and it was like a tombstone you know like the gravestone and it was like your epitaph. Like, what do you what do you want people to remember you for? And yeah. I'll I'll never forget that because it really made me think about like what what do I want to be known for? What do I yeah. like? What do I want people to remember me for? What do I like? What what's the life that I want to live? You know? Yeah. And uh, and that thought is a blessing and a curse in and of itself as well because like you you're constantly striving for this this idea i guess in some ways but i don't know death is just an interesting thing yeah. you can't escape this world without experiencing it yet we're all afraid of it yeah so i i don't mean to put any uh guilt on you for any of that anything that i'm about to say <laughs> but we actually had that class together did we and yeah we did the, Robert um, Brandt? With, yeah, with Robert Brandt. It was Yumi and Tony. And uh, yeah. Jesse Lacey was there. And we like went on a little trip to the cemetery. Yeah, we did. And on on like Jefferson Street. And I know there were other people in that. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't have group. told you like until you just said that. I couldn't have. T- I knew Tony was just because Tony was in so many of my yeah. classes. But yeah. I couldn't have told you who all was in. I knew it was small, probably like five or six of us. Yeah. Man, Janelle. So, 
so yeah, and I remember that day too of just like walking around and I remember I absolutely remember that question and uh the one the one that struck me as I was looking at people's tombstone was there was this one woman, I can't, I can't remember her name. Um, but there was one woman's tombstone that said like, uh, daughter, mother, sister, aunt, friend, like she, all of these relationships that were the cornerstone of her life. Like Mm -hmm. it was clear that she meant a lot to, she meant a lot to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And yeah, that was the one that stuck out to me as well. And yeah, don't don't feel bad at all for not remembering that because yeah. I have forgotten so many things about so I, many things about my past. So. Yeah, I can, there's that's like yeah, one of you, the very I few memories of college that I actually remember. Like, and I yeah. I more remember like trying to figure out like what I wanted to like say about that. I think I left that blank for a really long time. I may have filled it out like right before the class started to be completely yeah. honest like and i don't even know what i put i couldn't tell you what i put i probably still yeah, have that binder question, somewhere but yeah the question is the more meaningful part. yeah because your answer is going to change throughout your life right but to be thinking about it is the point yeah i think I'm, i've never forgot it that's like one of the yeah one of the few things i haven't forgot about college days <laughs> right <laughs> the, yeah of my... robert brant is freaking yeah 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 oh man yeah crazy wow how is that um how is that story how has that experience like changed you has it changed you like what are your thoughts like how do you you know obviously it, it it's a meaningful moment it's a meaningful time what does it mean to you well I mean, first and foremost, I will absolutely never, ever, ever forget Cliff and mm. just how incredibly sweet he was and incredibly kind. And he was, you know, he was one of those people who in the same sentence was so kind and would also get you cracking up <laughs> at the most firecracker comment that you've yeah. ever heard of life um while we were sitting there so here's an example while we were sitting in the emergency room uh he had he had one of those um oxygen monitors clipped onto his finger yeah and uh he was kind of fiddling with it and he moved it to his middle finger and looked at it and said Janelle, I can't quite read what this says. Can you? And then, like, <laughs> turned it around and flipped me off. <laughs> and I, I stood up and I said, oh, my God. I cannot believe that I just <laughs> saved you from the bathtub with nothing on your body. And you're flipping me off right now. <laughs> and he just, like, got into this giggle fit where he, like, his uh his like um gown was slipping down off his shoulders and he said (laughs) oh he said oh i can't give you a show twice tonight (laughs) that's awesome oh man so that was just you know just one example of 
how he was. He was just a delight to be around and always wanted to talk and was one of those, like, one of those, um, one of those people that when they're having a conversation with you, they grab your hand so that you can't leave. <laughs> ah, yes. So you, they're just holding your hand while they're talking to you. So you, you don't have a choice to like, you, you aren't able to like, excuse yourself. It's my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, at the same time, it took me about a month to not to like be at home by myself and not sure. hear, hear the sounds of him pounding on the wall. Yeah. And almost think, wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it'll be, a while still before I don't have any guilt about not getting there sooner. Like about not following my hunch about not like, you know, at two in the morning when there were cops there about not like not going to, not going to his door with them and, you know, making sure they knock loudly enough so that he could hear because he's hard of hearing and, you know, his door his door to his apartment was not on the front of the building. It was off to the side. So I think what happened was that they knocked on the door for a different apartment and those people oh. weren't there. And so, you know, I, there, there will just be those regrets. Not that I think that getting to him sooner would sure. have, would have had a different result in the end, but <sighs> And maybe I could have saved him some suffering, you know? Yeah. So there's that. Like, he he was at... He absolutely... Sorry. No, you're okay. He did not deserve to sit in a bathtub alone, naked, cold, mm-hmm. in his own filth for a day and a half. Yeah. That's not, that's not how anyone deserves to spend one of their last days. Yeah. Um, and he, he absolutely deserved better than that. Yeah. And so there will, there will always be some regret in me that, you know, I could have maybe saved him from some of that. Yeah. You did a great job, Janelle. (laughs) Well, thank you. You did. You did exactly what you needed to do. I've and heard I, that. And I know right. and I know that like that that's your own thing you have to wrestle with, right? I mean yeah. like this is me being completely blunt and honest with you, like that's fine. You know? Yeah. Like your feelings about that, they're okay too. And I, I don't think that I'd be any different than you, right? Like there's nothing I'm gonna say that's gonna change your mind about that. But, yeah. like, you did everything that you could have. And you did what you should have. You know, like, yeah. Are there things you wish you would have changed looking back? Of course. And that's okay. Yeah, there, there's a chance, right? That you could have changed the circumstances of how things happened. But you did You did what was right. You did what was, wor- what was worthy. You went above and beyond. And, you know, I think that that speaks volumes for who you are and... You know, you, yeah. you have to deal with your own emotions and your own feelings about that. And that that's yours. That's yours to deal with. You know, there's nobody that can change any of that for you. But, yeah, you know, you did I'm... you did a great job. You did what you were supposed to. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
I know. It's Whew. a beautiful story. Yeah. It's fun. Cliff. Yeah. Cheers to you once again, sir. Cliff. And I think about... um. His his drink was um, two Chardonnays at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a little past four o'clock, but here's some rum for you. Yeah. Some some Haitian rum for you, sir. I've got yeah. a little sip left, so... Two two glasses of Chardonnay from a box in his fridge around hey. four p.m. No no shame in boxed Chardonnay. Oh no, I would never shame someone. Live your own they- live your own life. Yeah, Cliff, you live your life. It was funny because while we were another another thing he said to me when we were sitting in the uh, we in the emergency room we we talked about. We talked about booze, like as as just a topic of conversation. <laughs> that was our that was our subject of our conversation for at least like two hours of the six that we were sitting together. <laughs> it was just booze. Uh, I mean, awesome. there's there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, a <laughs> the the gentleman Gary V Gary Varnerchuk. Varnerchuk, I think is his name. Um, I don't know. He talks about he's, he's a businessman. He he wrote a book called Crush It, and okay. it's awesome. Um, okay. but anyway, he's a uh, you know look him up if you're listening and you haven't heard him. He's gonna change your world. He's gonna speak a lot of truth into your life and uh, just hold on to your hats and your pants and your shorts and whatever he says and you can get mad at him but he's he's just gonna yeah he's just gonna he's gonna speak truth to you and it's a slap in the face sometimes but it's good nonetheless he talks about how you know i'm 31 and he talks about like you know people are my age that they go our age you're you're close to my age i don't know what if you're 31 yet but he talks about thirty-one in a month. There you go. At least you're part of the club, the thirties club. Yeah. He talks okay. about how people, you know, like our age especially, but just younger people, even you know, even forties, whatever, fifty, and and he goes, like, you've got a whole nother life to live. You know, some of you have like multiple lives to live. Why are you giving yourself excuses not to like go after what you want to go after? You know, like 25, like you, you feel like maybe you feel like you've passed your prime and like people that are, you know, have gone to college and done their thing, but like, you've got three more lives to live. Like you, you've got, you can live in whole nother 25 years plus some, you know, like maybe two, two times that, like, think about the experience you've had, like the experience I've had at 31. Now I could, I could most likely... I'll be able to live that, you know, especially if it's to your friend that you had, you had just told the story about. Like, man, I could live two more of the lives that I've already lived. Uh-huh. Crazy to think about. So what do you, what do you like, there's no excuses for like not chasing after what you want, you know? Like, so what? It takes you some time to get there. Like, is it worth it? Uh-huh. You know? And, uh. I don't know. I, I, I keep that in the back of my mind a lot. And I think about that a lot. And I think about, you know, people that have 
lived their life to their fullest and lived 90 plus years or whatever it is it's like man you know good on you you've lived you lived a lot of life you've got to experience life so full and uh yeah absolutely so janelle i think we should wrap her up there let's do it thank you so much thanks again thanks for telling your story i really appreciate that I i love that i love that that was a story we got to tell on air and you know, we had talked about telling me that story before, and it's really, yeah. it worked out perfect. Sure did. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was an honor to be back. Absolutely. I have a feeling this won't be the last time. I hope not. I hope not as well. All right, everybody. Thank you again, Janelle, so much for coming on. Thank you, Shane. And if you're listening, go check out crazyfaceuno.com. There's ways for you to donate. There's ways for you to buy some mugs, some different merchandise on our online store to support the cause and support what we're trying to create here. There's more to come. So stay tuned. Keep listening. Uh, Keep being a part of the story. We appreciate it. Don't forget, do good. Make a difference. Look for ways that you can... Give back in this world. Give back to your community, whether that's locally or globally. We appreciate you. 